welcome to Dermatology UK the podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things skin. My name is Ashley. And I'm Emmanuel. And welcome to our very first episode. <laughs> so we thought we'd begin the episode by explaining um, why, why we started it. So we basically wanted to make dermatology more accessible and easier to understand. So in this series, we'll be releasing an episode every two weeks and hope to cover topics like inflammatory skin conditions, the aesthetic side of dermatology, skin cancer, treatments, just to make it I suppose, more relatable and um, yeah, enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. More understandable as well. Uh, and what you've picked up on there, Ashling, is it's a huge field. Huge. There's so much dermatology, which actually brings us nicely onto today's episode. Mm. So we are being joined by two very special guests. We'll uh, introduce them shortly. And we're going to talk a little bit about what a dermatology nurse is and what our role is typically training and yep. where it's going in the future. Isn't that right? Exactly. So because we're we're both clinical nurse specialists in dermatology, we we do similar enough jobs, which you'll hear, but it's such such a broad field that we thought they would definitely be an answer to today's conversation. Um, so hope you enjoy. Hope you enjoy it. Thanks for joining us all today. We're going to be talking about dermatology nurses. So we thought we would get a few dermatology nurses together to talk a little bit about their jobs. I am going to let you introduce yourselves, guys. So who wants to go first? Maria, go on. <laughs> so hi, I'm Maria. Um, I work in paediatric dermatology, um, but I was previously an adult dermatology trained nurse. Um, and I've been doing it for the last three years in an overall in dermatology, eight years. Oh gosh, yeah, eight, eight years. years. Yeah, eight years already. Yeah, it's gone so quick. And what about you? Um, hi, I'm Modi. Um, I am a skin cancer specialist nurse. I've been doing this job for nearly two years, but um, I have a surgical background. Um, I did work with Maria in the past. Um, how long ago was that now? It was in 2015. 2015. Yeah. yeah. So about five years <laughs> ago now. I know, I know. Um, yeah. But now we've both kind of like moved on from that job. But uh, it was good times. Yeah. Good times. Lovely. And Ashling, obviously, we know what you do. <laughs> but uh, Ashling's here with us again today. And obviously yes. me, I'm here. So let's start a little bit. Why don't we talk about what our weeks involve? Because we all do different things, yeah, don't we? Definitely. Uh, we are all dermatology, but we do slightly different things. Yeah. So Maria, what's your like average week? Why me first? <laughs> so my average week would be um, probably we have clinics uh, probably two to three times a week. Mm -hmm. So we'll see patients. We have a clinical uh, a CNS list where we see a mixture of patients, mainly um, with eczema, psoriasis, and a few with acne who are on treatments. Um, so like on isotretinoin. So we do the drug monitoring for them, um, as well as patients on um, propanolol for a hemangioma, and then just amending topical treatment plans for patients with eczema and psoriasis, and kind of bits and pieces in between. We then also have um, kind of more specialist clinics that happen like once or twice a month. Um, we have um, our office days where we're doing like monitoring of patients who've been previously seen. Um, we have a advice line 
that runs every day. So Zesty, so we've got that clinic oh, that goes on, the Zesty <laughs> clinic, yes. What's Zesty? What's that? So oh, it's, it's a, a new call logging it's system. It's a call logging <laughs> system. So actually it helps to structure your day a bit more because yeah. then you as a CNS team will... Um, identify slots at certain times and at certain days of the week where mm-hmm. patients can actually book in for you to call them back as opposed to just kind of random callings in between the day and right. kind of it tries to reduce the time the time wasting that yeah. you might kind of be going back yeah. and forth and you might not mm-hmm. get through to a patient um, we use it in that capacity as well as if we've got patients who need to actually call us at a certain time point if we want to pro kind of get a progress update of their plan or um, of how their skin is doing within like a week or two, we'll tell them to book on Zesty. So yeah. we'll call them back at that specific time and date. And it just allows us to structure our time because we were getting to a point where it was just getting a bit erratic. There was so many calls, emails, and it's like trying to balance it all off. So it gave us a bit more structure and we can like manage our time a bit better. So the patients get to pick their time. They pick they want... their time. So they That's get a great. Yeah, yeah, do that really work. That's really cool. The I suppose the difficult thing is for I suppose our older patients who can't access online. But yeah. the good thing is if they ring in, a lot of our administrators will book it for them. Yeah. Okay. So, so yes, yeah. we have yeah. similar. So we if they can't use the online booking system, we do have an answer phone where they can leave a message and then we'll book it in for them and then we'll just go from there. So we've got an alternative measure mm. if they can't get through. Um, other things in our day, we do a um, we do um, an education program. Um, a few times a week, as well as just what else? Do, what else do I do? <laughs> We've got <laughs> I know. Now thinking about it, I'm just like, what do I do? Um, but a lot of the stuff again, like more admin, teaching, development things, like just evaluating the service, um, doing teaching materials um, for both patients and staff, um, service evaluations. So yeah. bits and pieces like that, where it's more kind of non-direct patient contact that's a lot can mm. i just ask you a question you mentioned obviously oh, there's loads of clinics there mm. are they nurse-led clinics when you talked about all these monitoring mm. ones working with expert patients psoriasis patients children mm. are they nurse-led yep so we've got nurse-led lists but they run alongside the regular clinics with the consultants and dermatol- and other dermatology doctors as well right. but it's an actual list for us yeah so it's kind of independent so most of the time i will chop and change and actually they don't need to see a consultant or dermatology doctor um it's kind of more it's a bit of a free mm. reign yeah 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 and we do a lot of practical demonstrations as well yeah. in clinic um but peds derm nursing so you get a lot, like a lot of your patients are from all over the country aren't they yeah because in a lot of centers it's all closed yeah all yeah. Yeah. yeah so that's had an impact on us yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> the last I, know, I know how busy yeah. you are <laughs> yeah so we've actually in the last three years it is blown up and out of anybody's wildest imagination yeah. mm. and it's just getting to the point where we're trying to find a balance of accepting patients and where we accept mm. them from which is why i was asking the other day about yeah. what your service was like um and where the p-derm service is just because we do get patients from as far as brighton um kind of east kent so canterbury mm-hmm. around the coastal sides of kent as well as all of our in mm. inner in london um um, boroughs as well so we are getting quite a few um, and a lot mm. of it the reason is a lot of it is because we have um, access to some of the medications and the biologics that yeah. some of the other sen- like secondary care services or district hospitals may not have access to so yeah. that's a large part of it so yeah biologics are kind of these for those of you that don't know are uh, newer medications for eczema and psoriasis they tend to be injections in fact they all are injections yeah, yeah. but they are the last line treatment for psoriasis and eczema and yeah. very few hospitals actually have access to them yeah. 
so thank you. No problem. Uh, Motti, how does that compare to your week? What do you do? Um, the autonomy is quite good. Like, mm. we're really attached on the fact that as, as specialist nurses, we do have such a wide variety of autonomy. Yeah. So that just means that the doctors rely on us a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> They're lucky to have you. Yeah. yeah, to tie all the knots. Yeah, exactly. So um, I guess um, my week is slightly different because uh, I work in skin cancer. Um, mm-hmm. There, there are there are a multitude of skin cancer nurses. I'm only one aspect of it, mm-hmm. and I love my part more than anyone else's. Cause mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why you do it because of the work life balance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you feel like you're making it enough of a difference um, mm-hmm. to the people's lives as well as actually looking after yourself at the same time. Basically, I just found when I was doing nursing um, previously um, on the wards and stuff like that, like you just get burnt out so quickly yeah. and then yeah. you're no good to anybody. We're yeah. all nodding. Um, <laughs> yeah, work-life balance doing yeah. dermatology compared to doing more yeah. work. Yeah, so I worked in theatres before and main theatres in paediatrics. So that was tough, you know, being on yeah. call and having long days. So if you've done a long day and then you're on call because you had an emergency, you could be working from 9am until 8am the next morning. Basically, wow. constantly working yeah. at night until the next person comes to take over. Right. Yeah. So, derm nursing is phenomenally great for my mental health. <laughs> <laughs> um, but my day and my week is slightly different. So, on a Monday, I am admin heavy. We do consults and support consults for certain types of skin cancer um, um, surgeries, uh, particularly Mohs micrographic surgery. So, we're the biggest center for Mohs micrographics surgery in the country so we support um the doctors with their consult and the patients throughout their journey with making the arrangements for that and their mm-hmm. understanding of the procedure mm-hmm. um it has a high psychological impact this type of procedure on the patients purely because a lot of the most surgery is done on people's faces and okay. people get quite anxious about having a skin cancer cut out of their face mm-hmm. Uh, not necessarily the diagnosis of cancer, but more the scar that's going to be left behind. So there's a lot of counselling yeah. that is, is involved and, and preparation that you need to, uh, you know, teach and, and educate them yeah. on. Because uh, Google's great at times, for but Google things. is not yeah. great for these types of, of, of patient uh, groups. And then on Tuesdays, we have clinic in the morning and then admin in the afternoon, basically. Mm-hmm. So we, we do skin assessments on patients who have had transplants. Um, particularly patients who um, are on uh, immunosuppressant drugs because these drugs suppress the immune system to not reject the organ that they've been donated. So that means that the immunosuppressive drugs is also suppressing everything else. So Mm. our body's skin is made to repair itself, but it's not repairing itself because the immune system is not recognising that that it can do that with these drugs. So these this cohort of patient has a higher risk of developing certain types of skin cancers. Um, so we keep a close eye on them and then we remove it as soon as we can. Mm-hmm. Um, so in saying that, um, yeah, so we do a lot of assessments. So we do that clinic, we do the melanoma clinic, so we screen patients for melanoma. So anyone who has a risk factor of melanoma within the family or have had one themselves, mm-hmm. um, we keep them on close monitoring and we check their moles for them, you know, whether, whether it's on a three-monthly, six-monthly, 12-monthly basis. And then Thursdays we have MDM where yeah. we discuss the patient's, um, you know, diagnosis uh, in a team. 
Um, and a lot of these patients do have complex uh, needs, so yeah. we, we discuss it with everybody to have the best outcome for this patient, and, yeah. and then we see the patients, and then we discuss it with the patient and make the arrangements for them so that okay. we don't they don't have to come up multiple times to see multiple yeah. consultants. They yeah. see one team of people with everybody there, and then everything's sorted in one day. Um, and then the same in the, on the Friday, but the Friday is where we get sent uh, GP referrals or external referrals where they suspect a skin cancer and mm -hmm. we see them within two weeks and then if we assess it and think it's a skin cancer, we take it out on the same day, basically. Um, so it's, yeah, it's quite... And do you do uh, nurse-led clinics as well in your service? Yes, so on the Fridays, yeah. we have our own clinic list. Okay. So um, generally... Any follow-ups that need to come through from the skin cancer screening clinic come through to see us. Um, and anyone that we need to follow up who's been prescribed any types of therapies or, or require further surgery. So we arrange further surgery and, and discuss everything with them. We give diagnoses as well. Mm -hmm. So one of the mm -hmm. hardest parts of our job is giving a, a you know, a malignant diagnosis. Yeah. 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 So so the breaking bad news thing is, is is something that we really need to kind of like ensure that you've got it down pat basically. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and Ashley, how does that compare to your work? What's your average? Yeah, so work? I am in medical dermatology with adults and just to clarify you were adult patients yes. as well. Yeah. Yes. Um so my kind of working week so I'm mainly in our severe eczema and severe psoriasis clinics. And we also do nurse-led clinics, so initiating patients on, we'll say, systemic and biologic treatments, which we mentioned before. Um, a lot of what we do in the clinics is, so the patient will come through if they're not on our specific list, see the doctor, and they will then come to us for, as I said, a topical review, so a full kind of skin assessment, um, see what they've been using, try something new, or if they're at the stage where they've, kind of fill the topical aspect and we need to start them on a systemic we will then start that so that actually means kind of going through what the drug does um potential side effects how they actually get it any blood tests that they need to do and we will then as nurses kind of follow up with the patient for that so we will make sure that we get these blood results at the right time frame from I suppose they can either come to the hospital or have it done via their GP. So a lot of our work is kind of monitoring bloods. Um, and then we would have kind of follow-up reviews with them to make sure that, you know, it's doing its job or it's not. <laughs> and then changing. Yeah. So that's, that's very similar in, in the eczema and psoriasis um, kind of clinics. So outside of that, then I often work at um, on the wards. So supporting inpatients. So a lot of it is education for not only the patient themselves, but also the staff. So when when they're admitted under a medical ward, you know, a lot of the nurses and doctors just aren't familiar. Yeah. And where they're saying, yeah. put on this cream and they're like, yeah. but how? Or yeah. or yeah. how often? Or And it's it's really just the basic, simple yeah. tips that you, you really need to stress because otherwise it doesn't get done. Yeah, yeah. And exactly. I, and we all know by yeah. working on the wards, you yeah. don't have time yeah. and telling them to put this cream on four times a day is a lot when they're managing a list mm. of other patients. So, so have we all worked in the wards then? I know I have. Have you guys So actually, I didn't work in a ward post-qualification, no. Okay. I went straight to OPD, um, to outpatient. Yeah. Um, so working <laughs> as the outpatient staff nurse in dermatology. So I pretty much started my nursing career 
in an outpatient department. I did actually do a few shifts on the ward yeah. where our dermatology patients went mm-hmm. if they needed an inpatient stay. But other than that, I never had a, a job on the ward. Because that's quite unusual. I find that a lot of yeah. nurses tend yeah. to uh, usually the same. Then we've yeah. all worked yeah. us. Well, I didn't work very long, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, just a year, and then I was like, okay, I know I want to be in there, so yeah. straight into outpatient. I think it's quite hard that. because when you're studying you get drummed in you're um, doing it for yes. you know what i mean like yeah. ward yeah. nursing or or crit care yeah. or yeah you know A&E, exactly they kind of like so drum it in you everybody it, has a certain level of desire and you're mm. so keen to help so you always get into something um that's more crit yeah. And, then, and then it doesn't suit the personality at all. Mm. But like, Maria, you're quite lucky. You're, so I, my one wasn't <laughs> even intentional. I, I actually wanted to work on a ward, um, <laughs> post-qualification. But um, where I studied and then and did my nurse training, I wanted to stay there to work after I qualified. But they didn't have any jobs on the ward or the job or the ward that I wanted to because I actually wanted to go into cardiac HDU which is oh, why did I did my fi- yeah that's that was why I did my final placement oh. and so I really enjoyed cardiac and cardiac nursing so I I, I actually wanted to work um, there after but they didn't have a placement they didn't have a, um, a vacancy and I was waiting for a few months and I was like you know what I'm just gonna take anything that comes by and so I mean, then I got money I mean, yeah, exactly and I was mm-hmm. just like I'm ready now so <laughs> I was just contacted by our one of the nurse managers yeah. in the dermatology outpatients department to say that obviously they've got my list from the HR department mm-hmm. um, th- that we had been the list of like students who have just qualified and they had a band five post available. So I was like, okay, cool, let's see what dermatology has to offer. Cause I had no clue. <laughs> I yeah. came into dermatology not knowing what to yeah. expect. Well, that, that's actually a lot of a nurses lot of journey. I mean, not for me to be honest, which I'll, I'll say in a minute cause I knew <laughs> no. what I was going to do, but most people just randomly end up in it yeah. and, they, yeah. and then they end up loving it yeah. and not yeah. leaving. Yeah. That's, that's me. Yeah, that was me as well. So when I came over, um, I was wanting to get into obviously all the other hoo-ha kind mm. of, you know, jobs that people like ad- advertise to you. Yeah. yeah. And then um, they didn't have, um, I think they messed something up with my application in that time. Mm-hmm. So I was out of work for about eight months. Um, and they were like, oh, we've got an opening in dermatology. Um, you know, because I think everyone has a, has their connotation about derm, as in like, oh, I don't want to do derm. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's just that, a, it's it's that just a rap. It's just exactly. a, yeah, And it's so like much... the idea that it's, the it's not life-changing. There's not there's nothing that you yeah. can do that would change somebody's life. Or Indeed. it doesn't seem so, I guess, so exciting that it's going to make a difference. Mm. Whereas actually it's, it's so most, much more. It's yeah. most psychologically yeah. affecting yeah. on a patient, isn't it? Yeah. I was gonna, so my, like I said, my background was A&E and I genuinely see more of a life-changing role in what I'm doing now yeah. in dermatology. 100%. Patients, 100%. patients are like, uh, well, for me, I work in a similar field as Ashling, so I'm dealing with psoriasis and eczema patients. And, you know, you're giving them medications and they're going from something that was covering their body and completely stopping mm. them from living out their life to completely clear. Yeah. And the patients are just like, amazing, thank you <laughs> yeah. so much. And I love that part of it. Yeah. yeah. It does it does make a huge difference yeah. to confidence levels and, and yeah. just their quality yeah. of life. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Like I grew up having eczema. Oh same. Psoriasis. <laughs> I'm psoriasis. <laughs> I was covered in glucose psoriasis. <laughs> I did have an acute dermatology issue, a pityriasis dermatology issue. <laughs> 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 yeah, so it was it was 
was very, it was obviously it's acute and it goes yeah. after three yeah. months. But even just that, that it covered my face. Like it, I had like a lot of lighter patches on my face, okay. and I obviously I've got darker skin. So that was for me that had an impact on me for just a short space of time. Talk mm-hmm. with somebody who has more of a longer term condition that mm. has an impact that can kind of alter the way their kind of normal facial yeah. features may appear on their body. Yeah. I covered up like literally for those three it literally was just three months. Yeah. And that was it. But yeah. and that already it, had it really an impact. Affected on, you. It yeah. did. It can um, be quite traumatic. It like is. in the fields that we work, obviously um, I work in obviously skin cancer. Uh, certain types of skin cancers can be quite acute, where you can cure it quite easily that people are not aware of, such yeah. as like a basal cell carcinoma. You know, a lot of these ones cut it out and it's gone. You know, yeah. but other ones are still under follow up. So a lot of the therapies that we have now are really good because um, going back five, ten years ago, anyone who got diagnosed with melanoma that was a death sentence. Yeah. Now we have so many therapies so many and so many yeah. options. And we know more about it that, you know, you can be cured of a melanoma quite easily. But what I find the hardest part is that the psychological aspect of managing people's anxieties is so hard. And with what you guys deal with, the chronic ailment of like psoriasis and eczema, it's such a thing that we have to deal with on a daily Mm -hmm. basis. Mm -hmm. And like... Being able to tell somebody that their eczema and or psoriasis is better, and in them coming in to see you, and they're just like, "Oh my goodness, I know. your skin is so clear." I think that's what I love about our jobs because yeah. we keep seeing these patients, yeah. at, you know, Great at different stages. But you, yeah, exactly. You make such good relationships, and um, I mean, yes, it is chronic, so they will have, you know, ups and downs. Yeah, it's just the nature of the disease. But the majority of the time, especially where we are, we have like the option to put them on these biologics which are so life-changing which is great um did you want to talk more about what you did because we i don't think you told us yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. it's quite similar to maria and ashton you guys Mm. uh so i do biologic basically so i'm a dermatology cns i work for different trusts so every trust throughout the uk runs slightly differently and the nurses will do slightly Mm. different jobs so in some trusts you'll find that actually one dermatology nurse might do the same role as myself and Motti. They'll do the whole thing because staffing is always an issue in the UK. But yeah, my focus is eczema and psoriasis. Uh, I am by myself. I don't have the luxury of, you know, a huge nursing team. <laughs> uh, so I look after a few hundred patients, uh, but I've got a good team around me of doctors that do help. Uh but yeah, that's my job. So Mondays, yeah. uh, what do I do? Mondays, Tuesdays are my psoriasis days. Wednesdays are my eczema day. And then usually Thursdays and Fridays is just purely catching up on admin for those three days. You know, phoning people back, making sure everything's okay. And troubleshooting, huge part of my job. Mm-hmm. Troubleshooting and chasing GPs for blood's my two favourite activities. <laughs> oh God, yeah. <laughs> so, Especially over COVID, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So uh, I've got a question that I'm going to open up. That is, what additional training have you done to become a dermatology nurse? If any, you know, are there any requirements? Well, I'll start. (laughs) (laughs) So the first answer is you don't need additional training to get into the area initially once you're there. So from my point of view, general nurse, then I moved into the specialty and once I was there, I was rotated to all the different areas that we've mentioned, skin cancer, medical derm. And uh, they then, you 
you don't have to go on the courses, but there are a few different courses out there. So there's dermatology care course, there's specific phototherapy courses, um, there's what's a biopsy course, which I'm sure mm -hmm. you've done as well, yeah. Matty. So you get you get trained on the job, and then you can excel down the line, you know, by doing a master's. So your advanced um, clinical assessment skills, or if you're looking at lesions under, we'll say the dermoscopy course. You can become an excellent demoscopist. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. So there's loads of courses once you're in the field. Um, and there's a huge kind of crossover between dermatology and tissue viability nursing or plastics or burns. So any skills that you might gain in those areas are very much, very much valued in dermatology because we see a lot of wounds. Yeah, we're very lucky because even though we're just learning on the job, there is a multitude of opportunity. All you need to do is show that you're keen. Yes. And yeah. as soon as you show your management that you are keen, you can move through dermatology and find out what you actually enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. um, the service is huge. Mm. So dermatology is one of the biggest departments in the trust. So Or like <laughs> educational courses that we're yeah. running, um, you know, through obviously other, other universities and that and whatnot. So um, definitely there's loads of opportunity. Yeah. And you do quite a lot of procedures as well. Uh, yeah. Did you do additional training before they kind of, you know, let you loose on the general population? Yeah. So yeah. It's, 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 so you do a course, um, okay. and the course teaches you basics of, of surgery, basically. Um, I have a surgical background anyway, so it was quite easy for me to, to put on that surgical mm -hmm. hat on the days that they need it. Yeah. Um, but also, um, as a clinical nurse specialist, uh, my clinical lead is a consultant. So as long as the consultant, um, has the DOPS for us in order to pr progress onto another role, then mm -hmm. obviously we're able to be signed off and then become autonomous in that field, mm -hmm. basically. I think that's the most exciting thing about our job is we've got so much autonomy mm. and nurse-led clinics, which yeah. I love. I really enjoy that. And you basically like make have... it what you want. Mm. Yeah. No, exactly. Exactly. Because you can make it what you almost want and you can have such an influence in terms of how the service is run, how it's structured, yeah. how you manage the team as well. And I find that with the role that I'm doing now, certainly being in paediatric dermatology, it was such a small, it is, it, it's still such a small unit compared to the adult service. Mm -hmm. However, it's grown such, it's grown so much um and there wasn't really a structure there wasn't many doctors there wasn't many nurse specialists there wasn't many clinics because actually there wasn't as many patients as we're seeing today yeah however as the years and particularly in the last well, i'm saying last three years because i've been there <laughs> not that i've changed everything but it's i'm exactly saying, what you're saying wonder woman <laughs> But just even just reflecting back on when I started and then to how it is now, there's been certainly a lot of input and they do ask for advice. So a lot of the cl clinical leads and the clinicians, they do ask for advice in terms of how we can best work things, mm -hmm. in terms of guidelines for um, treatment. So the same treatments that they use in adults, mm -hmm. yeah. so systemics and biologics they use in paediatrics. But the difference is there's not as much actual national, there's not a, there's not a national guidance or guidelines um about using them a lot of it is based on just individual clinician 
um, experience. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the big things that's going out. So we, uh, one of the things that we're trying to do is just really... You're the pioneers of paediatric biological initiation. (laughs) Well, we're trying to be. um, You know, we're just trying to really make the service as robust and as Mm -hmm. dynamic as possible, but as safe as possible so that anyone who then does come into it, from a staff nurse point, from a nursing point of view, there is a bit more support um, and guidance in knowing what to do, how what side effects um, appear, what they need to look out for, which, to be honest, is all the same as the adult service. Um, The main difference, I believe, is the dosage, which is based on body weight. Yeah, Yeah, which should be be, yeah. (laughs) But that's the main difference, to be honest, a lot of the same things that we experience. I just imagine the main difference between our job is Maria's really good at chasing kids down the ward to put cream on them, and I I don't have to do that because my elderly patients have walking frames. Yeah. yeah. You picked up on a good thing there that I think it's kind of recognised a lot in dermatology is that when it comes to topicals and creams, usually the nurse is the person taking the lead exactly. because we have so much more hands-on experience than yeah. clinicians typically do. Yeah. Uh, can I pick your brains a little bit? I want to ask you about the education programme. So you mentioned yes. about this education. Is it nurse-led? and it's who's a it nurse, for? It's a nurse-led education programme yeah. and it's targeted to patients, no, to, yeah, well, to the parents and guardians of patients with yeah. um, particularly eczema, but can be, yeah, particularly eczema is what we're doing. Um, and it's a structured programme. It's changed over the years mm-hmm. um, in terms of how how the, the programme is structured, how many days it, um, it runs over and how long it's done. But the aim of it is really just to get the confidence of the parents who are going to be dealing with their child's um, eczema for kind of lifelong until they're obviously yeah. adults. So it's just mainly to give them the information about what eczema is, kind of how you treat it, knowing how to treat it and be feeling confident in using the treatments. Because mm. a lot of the um a lot of the questions and the queries we get is about, you know, can I cure eczema? Um I've been using the creams for such a long time and they're not working and it's really mm. just giving them the how 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 are you using it? How much are you using it? When do you use it? And really just like asking like the in-depth questions that they probably kind of overlook, but for us yeah. it's very important. And I almost feel like I annoy some parents sometimes <laughs> when I'm asking such questions. They're like, but well, I'm telling you I'm using it. And I'm like, I'm not disputing that. I'm just trying to gather enough information to understand whether do we need to progress into, a, a you know, a, accelerate the treatment plan to something a bit more, stronger or do we need to think about other treatments depending obviously on the extent and severity of their skin condition so it's really just about getting those giving them the um confidence in knowing how to use the topical treatments but also giving them the understanding that there is other treatments need be Mm -hmm. if topicals don't you know don't manage to fully control their child's eczema so that's kind of what the program is set to do and before covid they used to come in in small groups wasn't it what what are you doing now so we're not doing anything now it's been on hold um and at the we're planning um a virtual online session (laughs) watch out yeah so everyone go on moot please (laughs) yeah so we're planning an online session um, which we're going to deliver the presentation. So we've done a revamp, well, I've done a revamp <laughs> of the actual presentation, just to make it a bit more um, eye-catching, to make it a bit more engaging. Because yeah. again, you're thinking they're going to be ha- they're going to be at home, sitting on the computer, listening to you talk for let's say an hour or so. You need to kind of keep them engaged. And mm-hmm. I think even just with us doing a lot, a lot of our training being switched to virtual. Yeah. We lose, um, we lose concentration, and I <laughs> and I certainly know it's I do. Yeah. So you know, especially when it gets part 
um, past the hour, two hour point, you're just like, oh my god, just need to whack in a photo animation or something, just to really give it some diversity, yeah, and just to kind of capture the attentions of obviously of the different um backgrounds of our kind of parent guardian group. Yeah. So that's kind of the end. And how did uh, how did COVID affect the cancer services where you work, Motti? Um, the cancer service, some of the services were completely shut off completely. Yeah. So it turned into um, incessant calling onto our call centre number. <laughs> Which I must um, say, I actually stepped in a bit in the set, yeah. um, with Motti's team um, for probably about just under two months yeah. um, during COVID, which was quite nice really as good. well, just a, another yeah. diversity in my dermatology background. Yeah. So, we yeah. did try to poach her as well. <laughs> <laughs> might happen yet, we'll see. I'll cut that. <laughs> <laughs> that <laughs> but um yeah no it was it was very challenging for patients because um a lot of our patients rely on us as a service quite a lot yeah. um i find that um the ones who are highly anxious didn't cope very well mm-hmm. so basically we we tried to redo the service in a way where it was more user friendly and gave them more confidence um we did still see patients um yeah. but then there was there was a conflict between um the patients reporting something and then you offering them an appointment and then them saying, well, you don't allow to let us in, blah, 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 blah. Mm. You're telling us to stay home, but now you're telling me to come in. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the certain level of understanding of um, risk assessment wasn't quite there and the patients didn't really quite understand that. Mm. That, you know, the risk of this being skin cancer mm-hmm. and the risk that you may acquire COVID, you know, we need to outweigh that risk, which yeah. one's higher and yeah. what needs to be sorted out first. Yeah. Um, as a hospital, we mitigate that risk anyway. So I feel that if a patient was to come into the hospital, um, they were quite safe. Mm-hmm. So for them to come in for a procedure, then you know, just to rule out that someone's got a skin cancer, that we could mm-hmm. possibly safely cure do. them safely, um, that was more important. So basically, we really had to um, be on top of the ball with the um, at the phone calls. Basically, I was going to say. So as nurses, we uh, we're all kind of saying that we have a huge emotional support for the patient that I find that uh, not saying that doctors don't provide that but as nurses we tend to be that first port of call and be able to spend a lot more time face to face with the patient I don't know what do you guys do you agree with that I absolutely agree with that yeah Yeah. you find out and pick up stuff that actually you wouldn't normally do if you were just kind of an in and out or you're Mm. seeing them at a short-term basis like I find out about stuff about their life and then yeah just random things which you know i guess you don't want to remember but you always remember when you see them well exactly yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're yeah. like how do you remember that and i said i really don't know it's just it's a it's really interesting yeah. life <laughs> <laughs> so yeah we are we do i do agree that yeah. we do provide a, um a significant amount of support for them and they do end up coming to you all the time and then mm-hmm. to the point where they know your voice when you call them I'm i just know. Like, oh. yeah. <laughs> I know yeah it's quite nice I guess. yeah yeah, yeah. so the worst nice. thing is when you don't the odd time remember them. I remember faces. I'm mm. shocking with names. Yeah. So when when they know you initially and you you feel, I feel a bit bad, I'm like just blagging you for a while until I remember who they are. Until it all clicks into place. <laughs> until it clicks in. Um, Ticks. So just if you were Damn. to come, if you were to decide to go into dermatology nursing, off the backbone now, what would you what would you be exposed to initially? So the different areas that you can kind of see when you're not when you're in a smaller hospital. So nurse-led treatments that we all get exposed to is the topical treatment, so the tar, we 
a lot of centres. Well, maybe not a lot. A few have the, the dermatology few. day centre. Yeah, I think it's no, just not a lot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. there's probably yeah. a handful yeah. scattered across the yeah. UK. Mm. Yeah. They get given low-dose tar-based creams that, and then yeah. they never use it because they yeah. realise it stains the wall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's true. So, uh, yeah, lots of dermatology centres have been shut down. But uh, Ashton was talking that about is, when yeah. we say day units, uh, very few hospitals do have the capacity to have patients in all day. I know that my one doesn't. We don't allow patients to stay. But some units do have beds where patients can stay, not overnight, but just yeah, for the day to have day, the nurses yeah. assist apply their creams. But that is Maybe I've just been lucky enough because both hospitals I've been in have had a good day centre. It's really? great because yeah. it gives them respite. Yeah. Yes. So people yes. who have severe severe skin conditions like Haley Haley Darius or even just eczema psoriasis mm. flare up they, they're just tired mm. you know their body is just tired like they're not just tired from their skin it, it's an overall like you know their organs they have fevers sometimes or you know constant skin infections and it's like we're so lucky that we can offer them that service where they just come in we say hi and they literally just are there and we can just help them do the treatment for a week and then they yeah. can go home and be yeah. more motivated yeah. to continue that treatment even if it's just putting your feet up and not thinking about work exactly. for a week and that's why exactly. i find with a lot of my patients sometimes they they say oh, i've been on holiday it's been great my skin's so much better uh I'm sure that, you know, if you go away somewhere sunny, it might have something to do with your skin. But I also think that actually not thinking about work and putting your feet up and have someone else do yeah. your cooking and make the bed yeah. exactly. has helped with your skin massively as well. Yeah. And also sure. for the family as well. Like I've had, I've had some patients, partners been like, thank God, I needed a, I needed a break. Yeah. But yeah. it's it's more because they they care so much and are the care that they themselves feel like they just need a bit of time out. Because um, it's it's hard on, on everyone when it's you've hard. got a chronic condition. Exactly. Yeah. And the topicals are very time consuming. Yeah. If you've got quite extensive disease, so covering up to between like 80 to 100% of the body and you're constantly dry, very inflamed, that Imagine. takes a lot mm. of time during the day outside of your regular day-to-day scheduling to do the treatments. Yeah. And it gets... People do lose hope and lose, you know, lose morale to do it because it is a lot of time, you know, it is a lot of work. And it doesn't yeah. change overnight. And it doesn't change it's, overnight. Yeah. So again, having that day unit, and I know when we worked yeah, in the day unit together, um, that was one of the big things. I, f- I feel like we had those type of patients yeah. who really just needed that break um, and their skin got better in the process. Mm-hmm. They were able to plan for things kind of going out. Obviously, a lot yeah. of the stuff, that there was a lot more discussions about further medical management if given the extent of their yeah. disease. But yeah. it really just gave them the space they needed yeah. to just chill and have the treatments done for them. Um, and also, yeah. it's, it was good for them because they were all in it together. So a mm. few patients would sit in the, in, in the patient room watching telly together, wearing their robes chatting about oh you know oh you're back you yeah. know how's the skin doing mm. you know mm. it does make a difference on their life yeah. like yeah. It, it's not just their skin it's the partners you know if you're, you're living with someone who's got you know obviously skin condition you're changing the sheets every day mm. yeah flammable yeah. risk you should yeah. be definitely exactly. yeah, yeah. <laughs> back in the olden days when they were like oh this patient spontaneously combusted no they were just wearing too much 50 50 <laughs> 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 i think it's important as well with the with a day centre specifically for dermatology, and um, I think recently, only because of a recent case that I've had, is that where they need such intense dermatology care, it's I think it's absolutely vital that it's somebody who understands how to treat dermatology conditions are doing the treatments. Because as you mentioned on the ward, yeah. when they go into a ward, 
you know, fair enough on the staff, they don't have the understanding of mm-hmm. using the topical treatments, knowing what the, you know, they label it as creams and actually all the diff- all the creams have different uses and different yeah. indications and they just don't know. So actually I find that having a day centre has been, I think we, we are quite fortunate to, to have that service mm-hmm. um, and to reduce, number one, going on to a general ward where, you know, the, the patient, the patient, um, caseload is very varied and they may not have skin conditions and you know it may you know they may get kind of put to the side because it doesn't seem like it's um an important um not an important condition i think it's just not knowing the kind of impact and what to do with those patients so i do feel like we are quite fortunate in having that and ensuring the derm nurse there's dermatology nurses that actually can do the treatments um for their skin yes and in the uk uh they're at university i'm sure universities are the same but there's no cover of dermatology there wasn't through there might have been like a lecture but there was no dermatology placements nobody really ever taught us about the importance Mm. of you know applying creams and things it's things that we've learned on the job yeah. Uh, should we talk about nurse prescribers? Are any of you nurse prescribers in the room? No, no but no. I am no. going to be doing the course. But that is glad. I will be, so I um, have been asked to do that for, yeah. So I'm applying. I, I start next week. I'm very excited. Ah, so oh. for in the UK, nurses cannot prescribe things. I don't know if it's different. Was it different diff- in Australia? Yeah, it's different in Australia. Okay. The nursing education is quite different in Australia. Yeah. We do three okay. years of intense uh, <laughs> nursing and we're qualified for mental health, paediatrics and... All three at once. Mm. Really? Like, they're and, like the American system, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, so three years and you're qualified for yeah. 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 In Ireland, it's four years. Mm-hmm. But it's just. But you can specialize. You can specialize further and then have um, a postgraduate of uh, further mental health, or another postgraduate of further pediatrics. Okay. Um, but and once you graduate as a general nurse, you can work in pediatrics, general or mental, mental health. health. And mm-hmm. you can prescribe. Um, you can prescribe certain things. Okay. So as a nurse, like all the basic things like fluids. Um, paracetamol and all that stuff you can just prescribe it amongst yourself so there'll be like a formulary list for i guess like things that can be supplemented yeah, and prescribed by yeah. A, they call them a pgd don't they uh, or supplementary or... um formulary or there's a supplementary yeah. guide because sure i think there's like a, yeah. there's other health professionals that have that can prescribe very certain, certain things, things yeah. like, I think like dietitians mm. they can prescribe stuff like formulas um yeah. for yeah. babies who have kind of cow's milk protein allergies or yeah. really specific things yeah. yeah and in A&E I know that we were allowed to prescribe paracetamol ibuprofen ba- mm. basic analgesia okay. uh, but uh, generally yeah kind of a wide mm. scope yeah actually the nurse the ed- nursing education in the UK for undergraduates is changing so I think in the next few years a lot of the nursing graduates so after coming out from having a undergraduate degree will be able to prescribe so I think they are encouraging a lot of qualified nurses who are working in senior positions and senior clinical Mm -hmm. positions to try and get the qualification as well. It's constantly changing, isn't it? Do you remember when we were training, like there was, it was the end of the kind of diploma era. Yes. Yeah, so it's like that. The end of the year I qualified. (laughs) The year I started was the last year you could do the diploma. Um. I was doing the degree, but then, do you know now, they not only, they've gotten rid of the bursary, so all the new nurses have to pay. So, uh, I'm not from here, so I understand what the (laughs) So there was so the diploma was mm-hmm. like a, it was, it's kind of been seen there was Project Millennium or something where they introduced a, a degree for nursing, which is seen as more scientific. So you get a bachelor's of science with honours if you do dissertation. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the diploma was kind of seen as not as academic. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. So they phased that out. Uh, but then but in terms of practice, it was pretty yeah. much the, the same. same. Like, so like, you, yeah. you wouldn't, 
be on the ward and say, oh, this is a nurse who's just who's been who um, graduated with a diploma versus a degree. It, the the work scope was the same, yeah. And those who graduated with a diploma could always top up to doing a dissertation, so they have a, a degree. Yeah, I think there were lots of them were asked to as well. Yeah. A lot of the oh, his, lots of nurses that qualified before that were all diplomas, and they were all asked to top up to a degree. Yeah. But I still think there's lots of people that haven't. Yeah. So that's yeah. fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then they took away the bursaries. Then after that, but I think since they've gotten rid of the bursaries, they've now improved the education. They're including skills like phlebotomy, mm. because when we qualified, you weren't allowed to take bloods, you weren't allowed to put cannulas, yeah. you couldn't touch yeah. them. You had to qualify and do a post post you know day course yeah. type thing what? whereas now yeah. it's in huge this is so it? foreign to me i know so did you lot. have bursaries in no we didn't have bursaries no. ah, so yeah. we were so spoiled here yeah. we, we are so, <laughs> well, not, anymore. not anymore it used to be a, <laughs> and then there was, it was one of my friends qualified um she got the last bursary and she also got given an ipad and oh, was wow. on her first day of uni and i was oh, like okay, oh yeah, my yeah, goodness yeah, you're so no. spoiled yeah. no so the when <laughs> when i did nursing it was a free course it was the only free course that you could go to university and do oh, okay. then they hiked up the university fees and got rid of that bursary that paid mm. for people to train as nurses mm. and actually i've speaking to various nurses apparently it's led to a huge uh, decrease in the variety of nurses so yeah. as before you had uh, more mature people as well that were applying as second careers and things mm-hmm. whereas now you don't you get that anymore it, yeah. yeah people mm-hmm. aren't which is a shame because I think actually people you know that maybe have worked in real retail for 20 years there are skills that you can put into your nursing career you've got great managerial skills you know something yeah. that maybe someone that's concentrating into nursing won't have yeah. exactly. so personability yeah, yeah. so mm-hmm. I think it's a shame that they've done that but Anyway, we're getting very political, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. It's, it's interesting, though, because coming from Australia, I paid $17,000 for my course. Um, the difference is that you only get people who are serious about becoming a nurse. And then you get a high dropout rate in the first three months because they yeah. realise that... Same in the UK. Same. Huge yeah. dropout. Literally looking around the yeah. room at the last yeah. lecture. And in the first, the first yeah. 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 Like yeah, flies. Yeah. So Just left, right, centre. Yeah. Yeah. I think anyone in my year dropped out, you know. Really? Okay. Well, yeah. maybe it would have been a handful that I didn't even notice because, you know, you don't know where for at the time. Yeah. But no, I didn't yeah. notice that. was that. a big dropout there's rate. A, yeah. yeah, there's a huge dropout rate. But the thing is, the first year of nursing um, is basically, so in my university, was um, nursing paramedics and first year doctors so we're all basically having the same lectures okay because you have to learn the same basic AMP yeah and then and then you had your sub courses where you went and did your um, fundamentals of nursing and then that's when you broke off into your separate courses Mm -hmm. but the way that we were taught is that we had our lectures and then we had our tutorials so the lecture room was like a room where they just did everything they sent you all of your brief at the start of the year and then you go through everything, you attend your lectures, you get taught the content, and then you have a printout where you can make notes. Okay. And then you get broken off into smaller groups of about 20 people in the classroom with your lecturer where everything is discussed like a classroom setting. And then after that, once you've done that, you have your practical session. Mm-hmm. So you have like clinics where you learn how to take blood, you learn how to use um, a drain, you learn how to set up a pump, you learn how to cannulate mm-hmm. and do blood pressures and stuff like that. If you didn't get signed off on all three, mm-hmm. you're not allowed to go in placement. Wow. Okay. Mm, yeah, yeah, it's very different. Very different. Yeah. And the placements happen at the end of each taught unit. Yeah. Yeah. So it correlates. So did you spend a lot of time on placement? 
because majority of our course was placement. No, we 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 got taught it and then we went on placement and then the placement and, and, and the assignments were all due at the same time so you really needed to have really good time management mm. yeah i remember trying um, to juggle the both it was awful yeah. night shifts mm. day shifts and and doing assignments yeah. Yeah. yeah so it was quite challenging yeah. but it was you just got used to being mm. busy all the time mm. yeah. um and we didn't have much time off i feel like a lot of people here just are off all the time no when we no. Were, when i was a student i didn't have much time off no, no. because no. Everyone, i was so jealous other... of all my friends in business just, yeah. Yeah. just constantly on <laughs> Like going our out holidays were like a month shorter than all of our yeah. other university Barely students. had a month off. The, yeah. the summer. Yeah. In the, the year. Nurses, we in the whole year. Yeah. Oh, in the whole year. In the whole year. Yeah, no. I'm talking about summer. You know, the standard university <laughs> we so summer break. We had two months. We so were there for two months. Yeah. So we probably had August off and then back in the first yeah. week of September yeah. when everyone had finished in like June or something. Because that's when exams season finished, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's circle it back. Let's mention as well. So we were talking, obviously, we spoke about a lot of things there. Let's talk a little bit about the BDNG, the British Dermatology Nursing Group. So it's... Uh, I have not. Never. I haven't. Never been. So they do... The BDNG is the British Dermatology Nursing Group and yeah. it's voluntary to sign up to. Dermatology nurses don't have to, uh, but it does provide some great uh, educational things. Mm-hmm. So I think when you're saying you've never been, mm-hmm. you're talking about their conferences, they yeah. do the annual conferences. Yeah. Okay. Are you signed up to the BDNG? Not no. sure. That's fine. <laughs> well, then no. The new- <laughs> the newsletter yes yeah i'm a member oh yeah 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 Yeah. don't read them very much but you know i do i i I I quite like it because i love their website as well it's got like the e-learning stuff the e-learning i find is fantastic so they do for any if you're listening to this and you're a dermatology nurse they've got a great e-learning section absolutely when i actually went for my job interview i went through all the e-learning before (laughs) the e-learning is good because it does a general like a and p of the skin then the different conditions yeah. And I think it's and the case, case studies as well. infections. Yeah. How to actually take a swab. Like, yeah. All the no, exactly. Yeah, which yeah. actually is but it's true. important. It's, important. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's true how many people don't know how to take a swab. Yeah. 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 So I, I, I do love their website. Um, but it's, it um, useful. it's useful because dermatology as a community is small. I mean, yeah. I feel like we kind of know a lot of people now in different centres yeah. just by... Well, I've been to the conference a few times, so I've kind of met them from there. Okay. Yeah. Um, but also Ireland as well is part of it. So Ireland and England can can join the BDNG membership, which is nice. Because I can, whenever, whenever I do go, which has been only twice, <laughs> it's nice to see people from back home. Yeah. Uh, so that's, oh, that's good. Yeah. And you yeah. picked up a little, we're talk, kind of talking now about uh, CPD, Continued Professional Development. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So obviously we now have got revalidation as nurses once every three years, we're expected to continue. I'm of the mindset, don't know if you all agree, I always say that, but whatever, is that really you should be doing that stuff anyway. Yeah. You know, revalidation. If it's a mad scrabble yeah. at the last minute, it shouldn't be, because you should no. already be tending course. Yeah. you know and reading stuff it might be yeah. a bit difficult to put it into writing maybe well, that's it. I think everyone's doing it everyone's just not documenting it down so then you're like yeah. oh my god what have I done in the last year when you've actually done a lot yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't think it's the educational side of things where nurses struggle it's the fact that we have to think and put our emotions down on paper in our reflections yeah the reflections. <laughs> but even I think during the nursing undergraduate course we well certainly here in the UK there was a big kind of drive on reflective practice so mm-hmm. a lot, I remember a lot of our coursework being reflections of certain things mm-hmm. of a course you've done of a Gifts. case study and yeah. using a skip cycle so yeah. I mean do you find them useful? I mean <laughs> I think they are 
Let, I, I do think they are. I think it's again, like you said, yeah, getting it's just getting the flow of it, getting into the yeah. flow yeah. of doing it. As soon as you start, um, it's fine. And but I think we do it getting it out of your head the anyway. first time. Yeah. It's hard to make yeah. it make sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. Like in your own head, it makes sense. And then when you write it down on paper and someone else reads it, you're like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> but I think you're you're right as well. I Subconsciously, think I think reflection is actually something as nurses we we do do on a subconscious level. You mm. know, you think about something. Yeah, something might not even go wrong. You might just be like, oh right, okay, I could have done that better. Yeah. That yeah. went wrong yeah. because of X, Y, and Z. Mm. It's just sometimes then vomiting that onto a piece of paper yes. <laughs> that's, what I mean. that's the challenge yeah, exactly trying to make yeah. trying to get people to understand what you're trying to say the, you know, <laughs> yeah. of your yeah. you have too many things you're like <laughs> <laughs> but on that note no one can read your reflection and be like sorry that's wrong because it's your experience it's your experience exactly yeah. so yeah. at least we can fall back on that part so guys thank you very much we have spoken about quite a lot there from education you know to continual development to just the benefits of dermatology nurses over dermatology doctors not that there's competition uh, <laughs> but why don't you so, what's your take-home messages would you say or is there anything else you'd like to say um in terms of derm it's like it affects everyone doesn't it yeah basically um it doesn't matter what you're being affected with whether it's mm-hmm. eczema psoriasis skin cancer old age <laughs> yeah, yeah. skin condition in itself yeah. <laughs> exactly exactly so you know it's, it's something that's you know always going to be relevant so yeah. we just need to uh, do what we do to support the people that need our help at this point in time we can touch on other stuff later on mm-hmm. but um, right now it's um, COVID yeah <laughs> <laughs> when in doubt COVID. I love that <laughs> what, what about you any, any last Things you're departing words you'd like to say. <laughs> no. Yeah, that's right. I, mean, I, I can't. Think, <laughs> I think I think you've said it all anyway. To be honest. Yeah, we've covered it a lot, and yeah. thank you for really describing that uh, education program. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. And it's nurse-led as well. Represent. Yeah, exactly. Represent. I think that's <laughs> as nurses. That's kind of our our main role, isn't it? Is education, education. and that's part of the reason why we're doing this because we, we enjoy it we enjoy yeah, it we yeah. like talking to our no, faces yeah, yeah, we do. yeah I think that's the thing um, but I think that's it I think we can end the episode there yeah. anything else funny you want to add no that's it no thank you for no, lovely. Thank thanks you for guys yeah we'll, right. have, we'll have you back on definitely, yeah. definitely. <laughs> bye bye, bye. enjoyed our very first episode of Dermatology UK the podcast as much as we enjoyed recording it. Yep. You can like and follow us on Instagram that's Dermatology UK the podcast on Facebook and Gmail at Dermatology UK the podcast at gmail.com and our Twitter is Derm UK podcast. Be sure to follow us because we'll be posting lots of good information there useful tips and information about skin and anything else Ashling? No, no, just uh, feel free to contact if anything doesn't make sense or you've any ideas or if there's anything, yeah, you want us to cover in the future. We'd love to hear from you. Love to hear from you and new episodes every two weeks. Exciting. Till next time. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.